Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Providence Journal's College Basketball Podcast. This is Bill Koch, sports writer for the Journal. From my Warwick home on a Friday morning, uh, I am joined, as usual, by my co-conspirator, the sports director at ABC6, the weekend co-host of Cordishi and Coit on WEI Providence. Nick Coit, ladies and gentlemen. Coity, how we living? Uh, we are living busy, but we are living fine because college hoop season is back. Um, and once we get through all the uh, high school state championships this weekend, we'll be good, you know, which will be great. And we love covering them. We love bringing you all the stories. But boy, we got a busy weekend on our hands. So BK and I were talking about it off the air here. It's uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Peel back the professional curtain here. Uh, the start of college basketball and the end of college basketball are, are the busiest two times on the sports calendar in the Providence market because you have overlap with high school playoffs. Um, you know, and you'll find Coit and uh, his partner Ian Steele and you know, me and uh, Eric Rube. We're, we're just all over the place, you know, for about a two or three week span there. Uh, and we're right in the thick of it right now. Um, we are at the end of the first full week of college basketball, Coit, and uh, you know, have to say I've I've gotten out to a few games. I've watched a few more on ESPN Plus. Um, it's reinvigorated my soul in a way. It's it's always a good time to have the start of the season here. It's great. It, it really is, and uh, yeah, we finally have things to talk about. Um, so much of sports sometimes is with any sport that you follow cover is like the hype and the lead up and all that jazz. But like when you're in season. You just get to talk about what's going on, right? And that's that's a really nice thing um, because it's there's not a lot of time for, you know, you digest something, you digest a game, win or loss, whatever, and then you move on to the next one. And that's always a nice thing because it's just, <laughs> like I said, especially with like the NFL, it, it is, it's great. We love football, but the off season, there's so much hype. And then even between games, there's a week's worth of talk and lead up with basketball. It's like, all right, play a game. Boom. Okay, here's what happened. Next few days, maybe you talk about it and then you move on to the next one. So I'm glad we're in the thick of it now so we can talk about the actual games and product on the on the court and, and what's going on, which is great. Yeah, we can stop asking coaches, hey, how do you think you're going to be? How do you think you're going to do this? How exactly. How do you think you're going to do that? Exactly. You know, yeah. now, now we're actually doing it uh, and we can draw a few conclusions off of that. Uh, we'll start with Thursday night. Coit, I was in Kingston uh, for URI and Fairfield, the men. Uh, the Rams, 93-80 winners. They are 2-0. and uh, And Coit, this is a completely different enterprise than what they were last year. Um, you know, if you've watched these guys through two games against Central Connecticut and against Fairfield, yes, granted, you know, lower-level competition. Fairfield's got a ton of injuries, but this URI team is far more explosive than anything we saw under Archie Miller in year one. Uh, last night, you had five in double figures. Jaden House with 18 of his 22 in the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, David Fuchs continues to impress. The freshman had a double-double last night, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Um, quite just a completely different operation here. Uh, you know, completely unrecognizable compared to, to what Archie Miller was forced to roll out there last season. Well, so I said it in the first podcast. I said I was the construction worker uh, in Major League. And at the beginning of the movie, he says, who are these bleeping guys? And now I'm the construction worker after watching Cleveland play a few games and win a few games. And we're looking at it and saying, hey, maybe these guys ain't so bleeping bad. That's right. right. And, and that's and that's great. Uh, and I, we expected that. I, I think we expected to see, by all accounts from Archie Miller, from the coaching staff, 
that they were really encouraged and excited about what they were going to see with this team uh, because no, nobody knew what, what to expect. It was 11 new players. And, but th- th- these, these guys have, you know, shown up and, and really, I think have backed up what the coaching staff has said, which is we're going to surprise some people. We're not going to be 14th. And that's a great thing. I mean, I think we had an idea that, you know, Jaden house might be a bucket. Now we're saying it. Um, you know, the guy is just a, He's just a flat out scorer. Um, guy can, you know, offensively, he just he adds, you know, some explosiveness, something that that URI certainly didn't have last year. Um, you know, and and I think, yeah, Fuchs, I think, is is a really impressive guy. Um, you know, we we talked to Archie Miller on Wednesday uh, a little bit about him and just the, you know, we you had a great line of questioning with with Archie about just you know transitioning to America you know this kid off the floor is going through a lot um because it's it's not your typical you know guy that's coming into college he's coming from overseas adjusting to life in a new country um you know and seeing what basketball is all about here compared to playing in Europe and the kid's been really impressive so far he's obviously got a great physical skill set um, you know, but he's really, and, and I think making an impact on both ends of the court. And, and that's a, that's a great development. And, and there's just, a, there's a lot of guys, I think that, you know, have a real chance to contribute. Um, and that's a, that's a cool thing. We're looking around and saying, all right, how's this guy going to affect things? How's this guy going to affect things? And, um, and I think the coaching staff is excited that there's a lot of guys that can contribute, which is great. I grew up here. I went to college in Boston. It's an hour away. Same food, same culture, same language, whatever else. Still almost flunked out freshman year. I was hopeless, <laughs> completely hopeless. You know, someone like David Fuchs, who leaves Austria, goes to Germany to be a pro, um, then decides he wants to come overseas and, and play American college basketball to be this sort of relaxed, loose, calm, assured in front of us in in media availability really impressive kid he he really is um and you can see why if he has that genuine personal base why his talent is coming out on the floor so quickly because he's in a really good mental space in in that way um quite just looking at this team and, and the fact that they're able to be efficient despite the missed free throws last night despite the turnovers you look at the shooting which was nowhere near up to par last season uh, they're 42% from three last night. They were nine for 21, which seems modest, but they didn't make any more than nine threes in any game last season. Um, right. Out of their 25 two-point field goals, all but one of those are in the paint. And if you're going to design an analytics profile for a basketball team, that's how you want to score, at the rim, at the foul line, from three-point range. No mid-range jumpers, nothing else. Um, so this team, you know, and Archie Miller said after the game, yes, that is philosophical. That's what we want to do. Um, this team is playing a certain way that I think he wanted to see coming into the year. I think conceptually um, they have a grasp on what he wants to do pretty early here. Uh, they got Wagner on Tuesday and then a major step up in class at Mohegan Sun next weekend against Northwestern and then either Washington State or Mississippi State. Um Assuming they get past Wagner, which I, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't, uh, I think it'll be fascinating just to see them step up in class next weekend and, and see how they test themselves against some Power Five competition. Absolutely, um, especially given you know the 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 way that they're playing. Um, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed. You know, just 
you know, obviously in, on Monday I was at the Providence game, um, so I didn't get to see URI in the debut game. Um, but just looking at the numbers and, and looking at the box score itself um, doesn't always tell you everything, obviously, but just looking at the the way they they seem to be really efficient offensively. Um, that that was just one of the first things I noticed is just uh, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, these guys didn't. There wasn't a guy on the stat sheet that you said like, okay, well, you know, he hit three shots, but he took 13 of them. You know, it just wasn't that way. Um, and that to me is really encouraging. I think that means that they're sharing the ball. I think that means a lot of guys are contributing. Um, and it means that the shot selection is really good too. Um, so that's that's a great thing to see out of the first two games. And so you sort of keep that intact. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting, as you said, to see them against bigger competition Things to work on still, obviously. Um, you know, the first game turnovers was something that Archie Miller pointed to. Um, you know, rebounding when you step up in class is obviously something they're going to need um, to improve on to. Um, so there's still things there in closing out games. I mean, they were up, you know, what, 30 at one point last night, and they only only won by, what, 11, 13? 13, was it? 13, 91? Yes, yeah, okay, 93? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, there's some there's still some things to work on, which is a coaching staff's dream. They like that. So, you know, they'll work on those things. Um, but yeah, I it's been really encouraging and fun to see what they've been able to do so far. Yeah, that's exactly right. Coaches like winning with corrections to make. I, I think that's their ideal sort of victory, especially this early in the year. Um, as we said, you or I plays Tuesday night against Wagner. That is at home. Uh, and then really pseudo home games at Mohegan Sun. They always draw really well there. Um, you figure they they would have a little bit of an advantage against Northwestern if they were to play Mississippi State or Washington State. I would I would have to imagine that they will have a dominant home crowd. Uh, you know, folks decide to make the trip down there on Sunday. Um, you know, and you would certainly hope that that you or I could get at minimum a split out of that weekend. Uh, you know, if that's possible, if if for some reason they win two, um, Northwestern's a top fifty-ish type team. Uh, Mississippi State has a really good coach in Chris Jans, who who we saw in Buffalo a couple of years ago when he had New Mexico State uh, playing against UConn. We were up there with Providence. Um, so some good competition coming up for URI. Uh, let's stay in Kingston, Coit, with a team that raised a banner this week. That's URI women, uh, you know, and <laughs> the URI women did not take their foot off the pedal in the second half. For Sacred Heart, my goodness, 91 to 40 in the opener on Tuesday night. Um, I guess this is what Tammy Reese is going to do now. She She's just going to put her foot on the backside of every opponent and say, that's it. <laughs> I'm turning my starters loose. I'm turning my bench loose. We're not calling off the dogs at any point. Uh, and I think that speaks to what she's built here, number one, the talent base she has, number two, and lastly, number three, and most importantly, the hunger that they still have after two straight WNITs, the wish to go one step further into the NCAA tournament this year, uh, I think they're sending a very clear message from opening night. Uh, unfortunately for the Pioneers, they were on the receiving end of it. Yeah, and and I think Tammy has said as much in the post-game press conference. She, as as we know, she is a basketball oops junkie. So she watches everything around the country. We were standing with her at the practice facility on, uh, what was it, Monday. <laughs> she She's already got games up on her phone because she knows she's playing the next day. So she's already following things around the country. 
And she saw some of those top teams like LSU go down and have tough opening nights. And so she told her team, we're not going to be that team. That's not going to be us. We're going to go out and we're going to play hard and we're going to have a great opening night. And, and the Rams did, (laughs) and they never took their foot off the gas. And it was really impressive to see. Um, And, and not only, you know, she, she cycled in a lot of different players. I mean, I think some of the players that came off the bench made some really significant contributions too. Yeah. Um, But the real game changer for me, and it was obvious from the start, Bill, Tenen Magasa raises the ceiling for this team. If she is as healthy as she looked on opening night, watch out. Because then she becomes, you have the preseason player of the year on your team in the Atlantic 10 and, and Maya Torre. If Tenen Magasa is healthy, Maya is not the best big on the team. It's Tenen. And, and she looked like a different player. She obviously battled through some injuries last year. But holy cow, was she, she was moving around. She was dominant. She was, I mean, it was, it was really impressive. I, I know Will Gagan was down there covering the game for you guys. And Will and I both, we post-game press conference, I said, I'm like, Tenen. He's like, yeah. And that was the first question I asked Tammy. I said, what does a healthy Tenen Magasa do for this team? And she's like, yeah, it's night and day. It's, it's a, it's a different player. And that's, that is huge. If you have a big like that, Wow. Yeah, she had uh, shoulder and Achilles injuries that she battled through last year. Transfer from Dayton after Shauna Green was hired away. Uh, Dayton was an NCAA tournament team her last year there. The other night, 17 points, six rebounds, six block shots, just dominating in the paint. A 6'5 post player who is not rooted to the ground. This is a very athletic, big person um, who gets around the court very well when she's healthy. Uh, and like you said, allows Torre to move out to the four a little bit now. Um, you know, and I know that's, they want to expand her game a little bit to the perimeter. They, they want her to face up a little bit more, um, you know, maybe put the ball on the deck a, a little bit, certainly turn it over less than she did last year. Um, you know, and Torre, the, the leap that we saw her take last season, um, from really bench player who, who was a non-factor to someone who was the most improved player in the league and, and a first team all conference selection. If she takes even 20% of, of another jump like that, um, you know, you're talking about somebody who could be really special here. You've got those two in the front court. You know, obviously in the back court, you you brought in veteran reinforcements. Dee Dee Davis had six assists in the first quarter of that game. Tisha Hyman had nine points, six rebounds, five assists. That That's sort of the all-around skill set that you would expect from someone who is a very highly regarded player coming out of Syracuse and someone who is very sought after in the transfer portal. Uh, I know they're going to put her out on the wing and say, all right, T should do a lot of things for us, uh, you know, and, and most importantly, defend as well at the other end. Be athletic, be imposing on the game with your physicality, um, you know, and I think she's able to do that. I, you just look at this team, Coit, and you, 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 you can't help but look ahead at the real games that are on the schedule, because I think we saw the other night that if your eyes matched up with a, a, a substandard opponent at any point and, and sacred hearts, not bad. I mean, they returned, no. they returned starters from last year. They were in the NCAA tournament last year, uh, but they are clearly a level below in a worse league than the a 10. 
if your eye matches up with these sorts of teams now, with Tammy Reese, where she has his program in year five, it's going to be very difficult to live with them on a given night. No, amen. Yeah, I I, I was really impressed. Um, you know, you mentioned the guards. Um, Tisha Hyman, I mean, she, she really – she can handle the basketball. It was she was really impressive to see. I, I, I think I expected Didi to you know be as as good as she was with the ball, but Tisha, oh my goodness, she can push the tempo too. I mean, it is, it's really really impressive. And and again, they they have players off the bench that can, you know. And we're not even talking about you know the 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 fifth player in their in their starting five, Sophie Phillips, and you know she's a great returner for them too. Um, you know the three point threat there. Um, yeah, they just, they have so many weapons. Um, they have so many players that can contribute. Um, you know, it's, if they put it together on a given night, you know, watch out, they are really, really dangerous. So they're, they're going to be fun to watch and, and see develop. And with the kind of energy that their coach has, um, you know, she's going to stay on them to, you know, continue to try to improve here and, and get better, which is a scary thing after you win by 51 points. Yeah, I don't think settling is in the uh, pregame talks down there in Kingston. No way. Certainly no not way. in the women's locker room. Um, so your eyes, UMass Lowell on Friday night. That's at the Ryan Center. And and then they start a road swing. Um, you know, they, they are heading out on the road at Maine, at Brown, at NC State. And, and I think, you know, at Maine, obviously, always a contender in America East. Uh, Brown, we yep. feel like they're going to be improved. But certainly you look at that NC State game and, and you think, all right, this is an up game against an ACC opponent on the road. The next step for Tammy Reese in this program, besides the postseason, obviously, is building a resume, being able to win games during the season against teams in equal or better leagues than you, whether that's home, road, in an MTE, uh, whatever it may be. If you are a consistent winner at that level, you have evolved even further as a program. And you'll be really interested to see what you or I can do against the Wolfpack, uh, you know, because that's a legitimate road game against an ACC opponent. It, it was scheduled intentionally. Uh, they go to Las Vegas after that for a couple games uh, over Thanksgiving. But, you know, I'm looking at the NC State game. If they're able to take care of business over the next few, I, I think that's a great measuring stick here early in the season. And then you could build a, a resume. You could build a resume so that, you know, they're looking at you for the tournament and saying, well, could it be a, a team that's at large? They win win one of those games or win enough of those games. They'll start getting considered like that. And that's, you know, that's a great thing, not only for the Atlantic 10, but for the program, too. Yep. You, you've got other games later on, whether it's Harvard, Princeton, whatever. But, the, you know, that just immediate, in the in the immediate future. That NC yeah. State game, you look at that one and you think, okay, that'll be fun. Um, switch over to Providence, Coit. Uh, the Providence men and the debut of Kim English the other night, uh, Monday, at the Dunkin' Donuts, the Dunkin Donuts Center, at Amuka, Amica <laughs> Mutual Pavilion. Man, I'm having a tough Friday morning here. This is really brutal. It's really um, bad. I, I, Screwed up the podcast intro on another cut before this. This is really <laughs> this is this is humbling, quite. It's humbling. Welcome, welcome to my life. I do this oh. on television every night, six and eleven o'clock, and the, I can't I can't restart. <laughs> the Amica Mutual Pavilion. There we go. Uh, Providence hosting Columbia on Monday night. Providence winning easily, seventy eight fifty nine over the Lions. Uh, 
Columbia was really bad in the Ivy League last year, so we won't pile on Columbia. We'll talk about Providence here. Uh, yeah, over eleven thousand announced crowd. Uh, Kim English said after that it was incredible. The atmosphere, um, you know, compared it to midseason games in the SEC at Tennessee or, or midseason game when Missouri was in the Big 12 and he was a player there. Uh, Kevin McNamara would note, and I agree with him, that conveniently that's after football season ends at, at those places and they finally turn yeah, their right. attention to basketball. They don't really care until the bowls are, are done. Um, so that that's probably not a coincidence, Kim's observation in that way. But it was a good crowd. Uh, Providence put on a decent show. Um, we did see talent on display. I thought Devin Carter and Ticket Gaines caught the eye in that game. Um, I feel like you, you saw some of the things that we expected to see coming into the year, and you also saw plenty of room for them to tighten up and improve. Uh, you know, so much like the URI men through two games, I, I think Kim English and his staff will like the film because you won, but there's also plenty to correct uh, coming out of that game and going into Saturday against Milwaukee. Yeah, that the crowd was great. It was great for an opening night game in November against Columbia. Uh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable to see that. Um, so, I, and that speaks to the hype, the lead up, all those months wanting to see the Friars coached by Kim English. Friar fans are ready to see it. Um, and the, the fans came out. the The student section came out. It, it was awesome. It was great. Um, yeah, in terms of the things on the floor, there there was some. There was some sloppiness in in some ways um, at some points uh, to be expected opening night. You know, it happens. Um, but, you know, there were there were things to like. Um, I thought Devin Carter had a good night. I thought Devin, you know, put his stamp on the game. You know, he's just guys, just an athlete. So he he was, you know, all over the place. But I, I like the will and the effort, you know, from the Friars right away. Um, particularly, I know we were talking in the post game with Kim about. You know, when Ticket Gaines dove to the floor in the first half for a loose ball, and then Kim actually went over and helped him up. I, I just thought that, that that play was one of those, all right, you got this time, kind of team. They got these these kinds of guys on the team. Full effort, November, Columbia, opener. You're diving on the floor for loose balls. It's a great thing. You know, you love to see that. Um, you know, So they'll, they'll clean up some of the, you know, maybe some of the turnovers or things like that. Um, you know, but... You know, in, encouraging signs for opening night. You know, nothing, nothing unexpected. I think. Um, you know, and so we'll see how they they do going forward here. Because you know, this Milwaukee game's not an easy one coming up, and then you've got Wisconsin. Then you are in a heavyweight bout. So, you know, the things that they want to improve on, they're going to have to do that. You know, fairly quickly. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, there. You know, there are areas to improve here. Obviously, the the turnovers. You had eighteen turnovers. You don't like to see that. You're six for twenty three from three, which, you know, I know this is a, a stylistic change offensively, and you're playing a lot more open and trying to play faster and, and a little bit more on the perimeter. So that's going to take some time, certainly. Uh, you know, I think that's reflected in in Bryce Hopkins' game. Uh, you know, he's four for thirteen from the floor. That that's not generally who he was last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, started one for five from three and made his last one. Um, you know, he was more likely to operate inside, you know, so there'll be an adjustment for him, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think that you know, Carter and Gaines together, uh, and if you get Garway Duwall back out there, um, after an ankle injury, which limited him to five minutes, 
you could see the length and the disruption on defense that that those three could cause. Um, you know, and certainly with Jaden Pierre, he's a different element than than Garway because of his quickness. Um, you know, so I think him along with Carter and Gaines, they, their perimeter defense is going to be pretty good. And and I think it can generate some offense in that way. Um, you, know, you wonder about inside. You you saw Rafael Castro was really the last of the nine-man rotation to come in and made an instant impact at the yeah. end of the first half. Uh, you know, I thought it was really noteworthy that Rich Barron played before him. I was very surprised by that. Uh, I, I'll admit that here. Um I just assumed that that Castro would slot in as the backup five to Duro. They they ultimately went to a small lineup. They had Hopkins at the five for for stretches. And you know, Kim said after the game, we we had Bryce at the five, which we love. Um, you know, I thought that was insightful in in terms of how they'd like to play on certain nights. Uh, but I think Castro is going to demand to play here, and and I think his performance is going to demand it. I, I think the way he played in Spain pretty much forced Will McNair out of here. I think Will yeah. McNair said, I'm not going to get on the floor as much as I want to because this kid's playing too well, and, and I don't like what I'm hearing. Um, so I just assumed that that Castro you know, would parlay that into immediate worthwhile time here in the fall. That wasn't necessarily the case the first 16 minutes of the game. And, and then when he came in, he made a statement in, in my mind. Uh, you know, I don't think he's somebody that they're going to be able to avoid here. Yeah, instant impact. And, and I think – it's something that we haven't talked, I guess, a lot about. I, I think we've talked about the big, you know, position, um, you know, with with Providence, um, you know, a lot with Oduro and how he would um, adjust. Which I think, I think Josh looked like a guy that's obviously battled some, you know, injury through the preseason. Uh, so I think he's going to improve because um, I, I think you could tell, you know, at times that. He definitely had been battling something, um, you know, so I think he'll get better as things go along here, um, you know, but slim. Yeah, man, I I, <laughs> I thought it was really noteworthy. I thought it was um, obvious the impact that he had right away. And, you know, if they're going to play a little bit faster, then I, I think that can only work to the advantage of slim, who's a pretty athletic guy, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I think, it changes things when you have a guy like that. That's really he's he's obviously big, but athletic uh, off the bench. And so, yeah, it, it was great to see that. And and I think we we had a, a hint of that with Will McNair going out the door, but now we got to see it. And um, you know, for a guy that's been on the program for a couple of years, him taking that step forward, I think, is a big deal for Providence. And yeah. and that's good to see. Will he guard all the time on the perimeter? Will he get lost in in pick and roll defense? Yes, he will. Like that, that's going to happen because he hasn't played yeah. much. And, you know, he didn't necessarily play at the highest level uh, coming in. He's a, he's a public school guy from South Jersey, um, you know, who didn't go to one of these powers like, you know, Lou High or, uh, you know, Gonzaga College High or, you know, some of these other places that you like, you know, these prep, like SoCal Academy or, or something like that, where you're playing this elite schedule. Um, you know, he might have been behind some of his teammates in that way coming in, but, you know, just the raw physical tools, you, you've got to ride some of his mistakes and and, and work those in, I, I think, because, you know, he can be a valuable part of this if, if you use him the right way. Um, Providence play Milwaukee on Saturday. And then, as you mentioned, against Wisconsin on Tuesday as part of the Gavit games. Um, that'll be a big step up game for them. And, and you know, as we saw a couple of years ago with with the win over Texas Tech 
in the Big East Big 12 battle. That really vaulted that team through the non-conference schedule. That was a signature win early. Uh, crowds were just back out of COVID restrictions. The uh, the dunk at the time was electric that night. Um, you know, I expect we could see something similar on Tuesday because I, I think folks know that, you know, if Providence wants to be an NCAA team again, and, and we think they can be and should be, um, you know, that this is a chance to, to put an early stake in the ground and say, yep, it's going to be business as usual here. The coach left, but we got enough talent back. The new coach is plenty good enough, plenty capable enough to guide us. And, and we're going to be right back there among the contenders where we've been for the last few years. If the crowd is like it was for opening night, then good luck to any team coming in here. It, it's a huge advantage that you have. It is. I, I A team walking into that environment, it, it, it boosts you in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, the 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 crowd, and I, I expect the crowd will continue to show up like that. I mean, the Friars are hot. They are hotter than they have ever been. And so I, I, I expect that to happen. And, you know, we'll see in terms of on the floor if they can improve on things here. Um, and I'm not sleeping on the Milwaukee game either. I think that's a good team coming in. And I think that's a really good test. Um, so, you know, obviously you want to see the crowd for that too. Saturday night. You know, they got to they gotta show up before that Wisconsin game. Milwaukee picks second in the Horizon League. Do not sleep on that because that, that yep. is a good league. It's a game that you should win, um, you know, but that that is a good league with quality players, uh, you know, that has won games in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, so do not think, oh, it's Milwaukee. Who cares? No, 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 no. That's not the way this works. Um, that is a 6 p.m. tip, I want to say, on Saturday. 6 p.m. tip. Yep, a little earlier. earlier. Yep. Uh, we will stick with Friartown here, Coit. Another debut for Providence, and that was Aaron Bath and the women on Tuesday night. I was there uh, at Alumni Hall to watch Providence manhandle, or woman handle in this case, Hampton, uh, <laughs> 76-46. Um, Hampton isn't good. They had a couple injuries. They're, they're picked low in the CAA. Leave all that aside. Providence wasn't blowing many teams out last year, and they certainly didn't look like this. Um, you know, and you, you go back to the start of their exhibition game against New Haven. They trailed after one quarter. And then the last three, they played very well. They carried that into this game. They were dominant from the start. 9-0 run off the opening tip. Uh, Hampton called a timeout inside the first two minutes. You could see that defensively, they played with some intensity. You could see that they've got a tight core of four or five players who will keep them competitive on any given night against just about any opponent. Um, most of the teams who they play on their schedule. Uh, you, you have questions about their depth. Of course you would in the first year of a rebuild. Um, but Providence looked good on Tuesday. And, and you know, Aaron Bath, they, they, the one thing I liked about their mindset to, to steal something from the men's program is Aaron Bath goes in the locker room after the game and they douse her with a bunch of water and they had confetti cannons that they shot off. And, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, these players to pack confetti and silly string and all this stuff before the game, these players did not expect to lose this game. They yeah. went there, they walked from their dorms to Alumni Hall, fully expecting to go out, play well, and win. And, and I think there's a lot to be said for the confidence of, of players in that way. They didn't look like a group that was hoping. They looked like a group that was expecting over yeah. uh, 40 minutes in, in that one. And, you know, I just, I really like what I saw just for one night. Great point. Um, and I, I, what I love is is just I, I feel like there was a lot of energy, and I think that reflects 
we always talk about uh, teams reflecting the images or, you know, the characteristics of a coach. And I think the, the Friars reflected the energy that Aaron Bath brings to the program. Um, the positivity, the energy, the enthusiasm, it was all there. And I think it it translated to the court with players that were here last year and part of the program. You know, there's just a reinvigoration when a new coaching staff comes in and particularly somebody like Aaron, who has a lot of energy and rub-a-dub-dub, they got it done and took care of business. And and that was great to see. Yeah, that was a great soundbite she gave after the game. Uh, <laughs> we had a, a, a few PC students are dressed in towels and, uh, you know, bathrobes and whatever else. And they said, you know, yeah, we're here for bath. Um, you know, so I, I, it was pretty clever. When I, I'll yep. admit it went over my head first. Uh, they, a couple of them went up to Kim English and asked for a photo. And I said, what are they on the swim team? And he said, no, it's the, the bad thing. And I was like, all oh, right, stupid. I was like, nice job. Yeah, <laughs> job. Like totally just clueless. Um, but like you mentioned, the returners drove this and, you know, yeah. you, you, you could see, you know, we talked about it last year. Like there was some talent on this team. Um, you know, they were better than 13 and 19, I thought. Certainly better than 4 and 16 in the Big East. Uh, even though the league was tough, I, I felt like they they probably could have gotten more out of that. Uh, you know, but maybe these players just weren't ready at, at that point. And, and maybe they're more confident now. You, you look at someone like Olivia Olsen the other night who, you know, I've never made any secret on this pot. I really like her game. I, I think she's very talented. Uh, she had 25 points the other night, a career high. And she, made it, night. Yeah. she made it look easy. I mean, it was it was easy, and you know, Hampton's Hampton's not putting up much resistance. You know, Hampton's not going to have the bigs that some Big East teams will have. But you know, that said, she's nine for eleven from the field. She makes all seven of her free throws. Uh, just made it look so easy. Was so confident, so polished. They they looked for her inside, and she finished at the rim with both hands. She's running the floor beating the opposing five down the floor and, and getting layups. Um, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, just such a solid all-around performance. Grace Afosa had 21 points. Um, she was the perimeter complement at that point. Uh, Marta Morales Moreno, uh, Romero, sorry, um, had 13 points. Uh, you know, she made three three-pointers in that game. Uh, Kylie Shepard had eight assists. So I, I think – that group, those four, I, I think you could see them playing very well together. And it's a matter of what Aaron Bath can do to develop options around them and, and a little bit of depth. Yeah. And it just the, again, the reinvigoration for those players, I think, is it translated to the floor. And, and you know, that was great to see um, with this new staff. And it's a it's a great note to uh, to start things, um, you know, and you can only go up from there if they continue to uh, – to put in the work here. We've, we've been very complimentary of that, you know, that, that middle class, I guess you could say, you know, sophomore that goes to a junior class now at PC. And so, um, you know, with a sort of a reinvigorated spirit, um, it's, it's a great thing for them. They've got an interesting schedule coming up. They, they host Vermont on Friday night, the America East favorite, uh, much to Coit's dismay on the preview podcast. As, as I we still know. don't get it. Still don't get it. <laughs> Whatever. Coit, Coit feeling his black bears were, were slighted in that one. Um, my my paws are hurt. <laughs> You've been declawed, sir. Licking my paws. It's a tough one. Uh, mm -hmm. But Vermont will be a tough game um, on Friday night at home. They're at Brown on Wednesday. I think I'll be at that one. 
you know, the, the two downtown rivals matching up. Uh, and then they host Boston College next weekend. Uh, Boston College lost to Harvard on Thursday night. Um, so who knows? Mixed reviews on the Eagles. Um, but Vermont certainly and, and BC certainly figure to be tougher challenges than, than Hampton were. Um, you know, Providence passed with, with flying colors. Uh, in that first one, we we mentioned Brown. Uh, Want to go to the Brown men because they played, you know, I think the best game of the first week here uh, in terms of two high level teams um, going all the way down to the wire. That was at Colgate, seventy two seventy loss for the Bears on Monday night. Uh, a game that was decided by two free throws in the last two seconds. Um, you know, that was a possession by possession game. The last six, seven minutes, um, it had a very March feel to it. Um, I watched it back uh, a little bit later on ESPN+. Plus. I watched the last you know, seven, eight minutes or so, and it had a postseason feel to it. And, and I think that's what Mike Martin was after in this game. I, I know when he scheduled Colgate home and home last year, he knew that they were a quality opponent, a team that you know has won the Patriot League four years in a row. Um or represented them in the, in the last four NCAA tournaments. Uh, I I think he knew that you know it would be a good early test for his guys and and almost almost for the Bears. Almost, but they played really well, um, and that's great to see. Um, it's a shame a game like that comes down to a really soft foul call. Sorry, I'll I'll say it. Bears won't say it. I'll say it. It was soft. I, I thought it was a soft call. Your your Saturday like morning it. partner would say it. Oh, of course he would. Yeah, of course yeah, he would. He would. But I'll say it too. I didn't like the call. I didn't like the call. It's a shame that it sort of just got decided on that. A great basketball game. Um, but whatever I didn't love it either. For, for the record, yeah. I didn't love it either. I thought Nana was a little naive, though. The guard was Maybe. looking for him. He was looking to run yeah. into him. You it happens in in that spot. You force you force the referees into an uncomfortable decision, and unfortunately, yeah, sure. Unfortunately, they made the decision with the home team, which happens 78% of the time or whatever it is. Right. So it's I was just about to say that the home court thing sort of maybe played into that too. Matters. Um but you know, they still had they still had it. I mean, that bank shot by Kino almost went in. I mean, yeah. that that was it was that close. Um, and it was for the so win. To, bank that was yeah. bank three for the win. I mean, so they, they the Bears played really well. I think the coaching staff, yeah, disappointed you don't get the win. Um, but really, you, you got to be encouraged playing a, a really good team like Colgate like that uh, down to the wire. Um, it, that that is a really really positive sign for the Bears. Um, and so, yeah, you 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 take that, you build off of it. Um, you know, yeah. When you have an early test like that, and Mike Martin likes to have early tests for his team. Um, you know, I, I think you can only go up from there. So to see them play as as well as we thought that they would play um, out, out the jump. I mean, of, of the four teams, I, I think their opening night performance for the men might have been, you know, the the best in terms of all around. Um, and that's that's really, really encouraging to see. So well, I, th- I think we expected that, but but good to see in a, in a really, really tight game, a good college basketball game. Yeah, maybe the most representative of, of what we expect to see from them over yeah. the next five months. I, I think the other teams had a little bit of variance. I, I think this is pretty much where we thought Brown would be from the standpoint that Keno Lilly leads him in scoring. He had 21 points. Nana Wusunane had 20 points, seven rebounds, uh, three block shots, three steals. He he did a little bit of everything in this game. 
Um, you know, that one final whistle should not overshadow how well he played in this game. Uh, Kalulanya back after missing a, a significant chunk of, of the end of last season. He had 13 points in this one. So so Brown's expected performers did what you hoped they would do, um, played the roles that you hoped they would. And, you know, if you're Mike Martin and, and his staff, I think that performance validates a lot of what you felt about this team coming in. Uh, you thought that they would be competitive. You thought that they would be a team that could play at the top of the Ivy League. You, you felt like you had two or three players who are among the best players in your league, and it showed the other night uh, because Colgate just does not do a lot of losing. They they really don't. For anyone who doesn't really follow uh, the Patriot League or, or mid majors in general, you know Colgate is is one of the gold standards at this point at that level. Uh, Keegan Records, South Kingston native, had 14.6 rebounds in that game to help the Raiders. Um, you know, and, and look for them, again, in, in your NCAA pools in March because they're going to be right there. Uh, Keegan's a preseason player of the year in that league. I think he was a preseason defensive player of the, of the year in that league as well. Yeah, both. Uh, he was, yeah. Fifth-year big guy. Would be on my Rhode Island Dream team at, at this point. Uh, which is something that we'll debate on another pod. But we have a starting five currently playing college basketball that would win a lot of games in a few leagues, and and he'd be the five man on that team. Um, you know, really a a great test for Brown. Would have been nice to get a win. They come back Saturday morning against Loyola Maryland at home. I think that's an eleven thirty start. Um, it is an eleven thirty start. You can hear hear it on uh, audio broadcast on the Varsity app. You can. Watch it on ESPN Plus. Actually, I believe we're on Nesson. Believe it is a Nesson game okay, Saturday morning, nice. which is great. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yep. We like Nesson. Hang on, I'll double check that because I just had the schedule up. But I believe we had we have Nesson Saturday morning, eleven thirty. Loyola. It is on Nesson. There you go. Get your plugs in. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm all. Hey, I'm all in favor. Get your plugs. My in. ugly mug. My ugly mug will be all over everything here. Oh, so. come on, Coy. You're you're a tremendous slouch. Don't don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Come on now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Brown plays at home Saturday morning. They're at New Hampshire uh, on Tuesday, and then Rhode Island College at home before they hit the road uh, for the end of November. They'll be at USC, and then they'll be in the Bahamas for three games. Uh, Coit, you sneaking on the Bahamas trip or no? Oh, I wish. <laughs> gosh, gosh, I wish. But no, we have much work to do here, William. Uh, be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, it'd be great. Scott going on that one? He must be, right? I believe so. I don't know if he's going to the Bahamas. Uh, I'll, I'll check on that. I know he's definitely going USC. Yeah, I don't know right. about Bahamas. I think maybe he is. Maybe he is. I would think so. I mean, we we might need a special journal correspondent. Maybe we'll draft Scott in. <laughs> Maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah, why not? I think that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, another game on opening night that, that went down to the wire, that was the Bryant men at home at the chase against Manhattan. Uh, the Jaspers, 61-59 winners on Monday over the Bulldogs. Um, you know, this, this was a rock fight, Coit. Uh, you know, a, another game that I got home that night, I watched the last five or six minutes, um, kept looking up. The score wasn't changing. <laughs> Would look up again. The score still hadn't changed. Uh, it, it was that type of game, just, you know, bare knuckle boxing to the end. Um, you know, Bryant had a shot at the end to force overtime. Sharif Gross Bullock had a look, couldn't get it to go down. 
Um, that's probably the guy you would have wanted to take it. Uh, you know, just didn't ultimately go Bryant's way under Phil Martelli Jr. His first game as acting head coach. Um, you know, predictably, he's disappointed afterwards. He he felt like they could have got this one and and didn't. Um, and it's hard for for Bryant because if you look at their schedule, and you know, we've talked about this before on the pod. Obviously, Wednesday they they beat Fisher in a in a non D one game. Uh, but Sunday you go to Rutgers. Thursday you go to Boston University. Saturday next Saturday you go to Florida Atlantic, who was in the Final Four um, last season. You you don't have a ton of opportunities here if you're Bryant to to build momentum, and I think that probably contributed most to to the post game mood the other night. That the feeling that you know the Bulldogs let one slip away there. Yeah, tough um, opening night. I still think they're, you know, figuring some things out on the floor, maybe with some of their, you know, their new pieces, um, you know, and figuring out roles and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, it's disappointing. But I, I think the, you know, the Fisher game sort of like allowed them to catch their collective breath and, um, you know, sort of work some things out. And um, it's it's tough to, you know, tell what, you uh, you know, what, what could, you know, improve in a game of against a, you know, D3 you know, or an NAIA opponent, I should say, mm. um, you know, and Fisher. So there, there's some things to like. Um, there's some things to improve. I, I really like I, in, in, again, watching the Fisher game, um, you know, it just, just things that you pick up on certain players. I like Rivera. Um, I think he can be a really solid addition uh, to what they do. Um, I think he showed a little bit of toughness that day. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing not to grab one early and it, it gets only harder from here, but long season ago. And, um, they were obviously really thrilled. You saw that locker room, uh, post-game video after the Fisher win, uh, with Phil Martelli Jr. So great to see the guys really em- embrace him and, and rally around Tim. And, um, so that's, that's good to see in terms of the team building and, coming together and um you know on the floor we'll we'll see how uh how things go here as as the competition gets stiffer yeah Rivera is a transfer from St. Louis we we saw them beat Providence last year you, you have an idea what sort of talent Travis Ford recruits so you, you felt like he'd be good coming in I didn't necessarily think he would start um but there he is with 10 points and nine rebounds in their first game three block shots as well he was athletic presence in that game uh, Earl Timberlake had nine and 13, four assists. He played 38 minutes. Um, he's just so physically imposing on the yeah. wing and, and at the small forward spot. He He's tough to live with. Um, you know, looks like a tight end out there. I, I really, uh, I don't think it's a lot of fun to, to match up with him, especially not on the glass. Uh, Gross Bullock will have better nights. He did against Fisher. Um, you know, it's important for a scorer to get their confidence quickly. The other night against Manhattan, he's four for eighteen. He's zero for eight from two, which is odd. Um, yeah, you know that says he's either taken mid ranges or or he wasn't necessarily comfortable finishing at the rim. Um, and that's a place where he'll need to get better, certainly, because he's going to be the guy. I, I don't think there's any question that he'll be the go to guy. Bryant's going to be looking for him if they need a bucket in a key spot, um, and he'll need to have that that sort of efficiency, that sort of toughness to carry them at certain points. Um, but Brian, I, I think, you know, you're just looking at that schedule and you're thinking, all right, where are they going to be able to breathe here? You know, can they beat Rutgers who lost to Princeton the other night? 
I don't think there's any reason why they they can't go into Rutgers and at least give a good account of themselves. Um, you know, they they certainly played them tight the last meeting between the two teams. Um, you know, and if Rutgers doesn't have their legs here in the early going, it's it's a perfect time to play a team like that where you could surprise them early in the season. You got a noon tip on a Sunday. They could be, you know, K-Mac always says, like, the road team is better because they're already disturbed. You know, they're already on the road. They're already traveling. You're in a hotel. It's unfamiliar. You just want to get up and start playing the game. And if yeah, you're right. at home, it's like, hey, I like my dorm. My bed's comfortable. You know, I was home last night. You know, it's it might be a little harder for you to get going. Uh, so psychologically, maybe Brown can parlay that in, into something. Uh, Brown, Bryant, what am I saying? God, this is not my pod. I've had so many turnovers <laughs> in this pod. I mean, this okay. is terrible. This is working terrible. out the early season jitters. You know, you you oh. just cut down on the turnovers, but you you know what? You grab a board, you grab a rebound here, you keep going. That's that's what we do, Bill. I I'd be losing playing time based on this performance. <laughs> oh, stop it! This would be I'd I'd be at the edge of the rotation here. Um, it's no, I I I I agree with you in terms of Bryant. Um. And and I think that opening night performance, just looking at it, uh, you know, Phil said in the post game, it, it was there was some things that maybe were like unexpected and or I don't know the opening night, you know, bright lights, that sort of thing. You're right, like when Sharif Gross Bullock has a night like that, it's it's uncharacteristic, is what it is, and so you know he's going to have you know much better games, much better nights. Um, there were some things to like, but you know that that's. It will get better. And and did the Fisher game allow them to work some of those things out? Maybe. You know, Sharif, it was confident, you know, 27 points. It was the usual Sharif. Um, so, you know, if if that was if that was a positive thing for them, that's good. Um, and it, especially as you get stiffer competition. And and you're right. It's one of those, you know, you, you get on the road, you're in a game where it's like, all right, so just go out there and play and see what happens. You know, it's one of those we got nothing to lose sort of mentalities. You know, you you want to win the game, obviously, but you know if you don't, it's you know it's a step up in competition. So we'll see. Um, but these guys, when they put it together, they they can play good basketball, and I, I think they know that. I think the coaching staff knows that. Earlier Monday evening at the Chase, we we had a, a debut, a, a return actually by an alum, Lynn Ann Kukowski. Uh Tip of the cap to Lynn Ann on her first victory. At Bryant, 70-52 over Dartmouth, uh, taking over for the legend, Mary Burke, and and really making easy work of the Big Green. Um, you know, this was a pretty good performance by the Bryant women. The the known, of course, we talked about a lot during the preseason. Mariana Planas Fortuny had 20 points. The surprise was someone who was a star at Wheeler, uh, someone who we saw in the Interscholastic League. That was Mia Mancini, also had 20 points, 5 for 10 from 3. Uh, when you get that sort of perimeter shooting with Planus Fortuny inside, that that's a pretty good one-two punch. If you're Bryant, that's pretty much how you draw it up. Um, you know the Bulldogs with Martina Boba adding 15 points, three starters in double figures. Um, you know Bryant looked pretty good on opening night. Played with good pace. You know they were trying to push the ball. Uh, not really a surprise when your coach is point guard and was the offensive coordinator at UMass last year. Um, their style was you know, pretty predictable in, in my mind, just based on personality types there. Um, but it was nice to see them come out and, and, you know, get off to a running start under Lynn in. It was, and, and that's, it's always great to get that first win. Um, you know, all the preparation that goes into it, um, especially with the new coaching staff, 
And I think this is, again, an instance of I look at a team that's reflecting the the personality uh, and the characteristics of its new coach. And Lynn being a point guard, I'm sure it's something that, you know, she wants to push the pace. Uh, and they were able to do that. So, you know, obviously great to get that first win, new energy around the program, as we said with with Aaron and PC. Um, and that's it's a great thing, something to build off of and and continue forward here. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like you 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 wonder, like, do we make too much out of the change of scenery thing, the you know, hitting the refresh button thing that you know, like we we work in sports, so we do that all the time. We we look for a reason. You know, we look for a reason to change the narrative. We look for a reason to, you know, sort of say, well, this is why it's different because they change things. You know, or they they hired a new coach, or they brought in new players, or they, you know, whatever it is. Um, and some people would say, well, that's that's too convenient. You know, that's easy. You're you're taking the easy way out. I think it endures this long because it's true. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't think it is the easy way out. I think it's legitimate. Um, I think sometimes if someone comes in and they just turn something like a quarter turn on the screw, and they make you see the world a little differently or like, you know, they have a different philosophy on how to play or, you know, it is like you're starting over. So you need to be, um, you know, you, you really need to be drilled in on your details and, and focused in, in a certain way that maybe you weren't before. Even if that produced an extra 5%, you know, that can make all the difference in these games. Yeah, I, I I don't think we make too much about it. I just think of my myself and and yourself and and like in any different sort of environment. Um, when when the deck of cards changes, when I don't know management changes, when you know in everyday life, that's what I always try to compare things to. And when some when a new boss comes in, when a new what a news director, editor, whatever it is. There's there's a change. There's maybe some initial excitement, new ideas, fresh look, all that. I think when you have that with the coaching staff, with a program, I think that can that can bring a renewed energy. It can. It's and so I I don't think we make too much about it. I think you've seen it on the floor here with these two women's programs we just talked about with the new coaches, with Providence and and the new coach. Um, you know, it's a different way. It's a different look. It's you know, does it always work out? No, it doesn't. So we'll see. You know, it's it's early. Um, but just a, a change in energy. I, I don't think we make too much of that because I think you're seeing visible evidence of it, you know, with, with some of these teams. And much like the men, uh, the Bryant women will be in New Jersey this weekend. They'll be at Seton Hall on Sunday. That's a 1 p.m. tip. Um, Seton Hall obviously played in a very competitive league last year that had five NCAA bids. So that game will not be easy. Uh, they are at Stonehill next week, and then they have Central Connecticut at home next Friday. Um, you know that will be the next time you get the chance to see Bryant at the Chase. Uh, Coit, anything else about the basketball scene this week? No. Um, the only team we didn't mention was uh, was the Brown women. Um, you know, tough opener. They'll bounce back. They'll you know they'll get better. Um, you know, we expect them to, you know, have, have some good nights here. Um, they'll have some tough opponents, obviously when, when Providence and, and URI on the, are on the schedule. Um, but you know, they're young, they're up and coming. Um, and you know, I, I like Monique's energy too. So, you know, they'll, uh, they'll bounce back. 
you know, losses to uh, Florida Gulf Coast at home to start and, and then at Holy Cross on Thursday night. Um, I actually think that, that next week I'll be seeing the Brown women twice. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're at Georgetown over the weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that Providence, they've got Providence at home Wednesday. They've got Rhode Island at home on Friday. I, I think I'm going to be at both of those games. Um, I think, I think I'm on the sideline for both of those games too. Yeah. If, if I had a guess, uh, yeah. you know, so I'll be interested to, to see the bears in person, uh, for the first time this year. Um, I would hope that, you know, they're, they're not Owen three going into that Providence game that maybe they're able to steal one at Georgetown, uh, you know, because Providence and, and Rhode Island, just based on what we've seen, those will not be easy games for the bears. Um, e- even if they are at home. Uh, those will be difficult. The, the Friars look improved, and, and URI looks like the best women's team in the state to this point, uh, and, and they certainly were expected to be coming into the year. So you know, let's hope that Brown can can sort some things out here over the next few days and, and ultimately get into next week and you know give a good accounting of themselves at the pits. Yeah, it's it's stiff competition that they've got on the schedule. It really is. Um, you know, But I'm encouraged by, you know, I look at, I told you I, I really like Grace Arnley as a player. You know, she had 17 points against Holy Cross. Um, you know, and some of those younger players contributing in different ways. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but it's it's stiff early competition. So you are testing yourself against some really good teams, some really good opponents. And so that's, you know, it is what it is. All right, folks, with that, uh, the end of the first week of college basketball is is just about here. Uh, we look forward to, to continuing into the weekend and, and into next week. We will be back with you at some point next week, most likely after Providence, Wisconsin, uh, you know, probably Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Um, we'll recap this weekend and, and the early games next week and, and reset all of our teams. Uh, Coit, thank you as always. Thanks, pal. Uh, And folks, thank you for listening. We appreciate you.